So we're going to talk about serving the Lord. But before we get into the practicals and the how-tos and the framework, I want you to know why we serve Jehovah. We serve the Lord because He is the greatest, preeminent, most valuable, worthy treasure in the universe. And because He is so wonderful and awesome and incredible, the most logical, reasonable thing that we can do is pour out everything on Him. Everything. Should it cost us our lives? He's worth it. That's why we serve the Lord. So before we get into the practicals here, we've got a foundation. Look at at your outline here. We've got a foundation. And then we've got some framework. Okay, We want to pick up from God's Word what it is to serve the Lord. We've got to pick up God's concept. Okay, So before we get into the practicals, though, we need the foundation. So let's read the first point here. It's prayer, but go ahead and read it again. Ready, go. Prayer. Prayer. You know, before we do anything, before we do anything in our service to the Lord, it is initiated and began and covered and saturated with prayer. Let's read the verse together. Ready, go. God desires all men to be saved. Feel free to say amen. Amen. You want to know what God desires? God desires all men to be saved. So we should what? First of all, we should pray. If God desires all men to be saved, the first thing we should do is pray. Intercessions, petitions, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made on behalf of all men. I'm going to read you a quote from one of my favorite biblical authors. It goes like this. Why do we work so much and pray so little when we can accomplish much more by prayer than by our work? Why do we work so much and pray so little? when we can accomplish much more by prayer than by our work. Serving the Lord, a foundation for everything we do in service to God, firstly, is prayer. Okay, let's read point two. Ready, go. Okay, and let's read the verse. I want you to circle that you. Everybody say you. you. That you, there at the first of this sentence, you yourselves is a plural you. You yourselves. You yourselves. So if we were making a Texan translation of the Bible, it would say, y'all. Okay. In service, in serving God, in serving the Lord, there is always a y'all. There's always a we. There's always an us. There's always a they. Okay? Our natural concept is that we want to be 
the spiritual version of Rambo. We want to be the commando. And we read in church history about these great men of God, and so that's what we aspire to be, the lone man who takes the word of God to the people of God. But we need to pick up the biblical concept of what it is to serve the Lord. And there's, in serving God, there's always a y'all. There's always a we. There's always an us. There's always a hood. It's the priesthood. Okay? It's the priesthood. So if we're going to serve the Lord, our foundation is prayer, and it's being built up. We need to be built up. There ain't no commandos here. We need to be built up. All right? Number three. Let's read number three. Ready, go. Let's try it again. Ready, go. Okay, let's read the verse. What do you think eternity will look like? Have you ever thought about what it would be like? What are we going to be doing in eternity? Have you ever wondered? Jacob and I were talking about it earlier this week. You know, I mean, we were just thinking, hey, man, maybe we'll just be fishing and it'll be a five-pound bass every cast, you know? But probably after a while, that'd get pretty old. You know what I mean? Another five-pound bass, another five-pound bass, another five-pound bass, another five-pound bass, another five-pound bass. Think I'm going to find another hobby. Have you ever thought, what is eternity going to look like? What will I be doing? We need a biblical framework, a biblical understanding of what eternity future looks like. And it looks like serving the Lord. It looks like serving the Lord. There will no longer be a curse and the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it and His slaves will serve Him. His slaves will serve Him. And they will see His face. This verse is the fulfillment of Matthew 5, 8. Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Blessed are the pure in heart. That means single in heart. Desiring one and one thing only. You're pure in heart. You're desirous of God and God alone. Blessed are you. For in the age to come, you'll serve him and you'll see his face. And I love this. And his name will be on their foreheads. You know what that means? Every inch, every fiber of your being will finally be completely one and belong to Jehovah. Every inch of your thoughts, every fiber of your emotions, every decision you make will finally be completely one with God. You know what people see when they see you? They say, wow, all of him belongs to all of God, all of me. I see, that, I see that name tag, and it doesn't say Trevor. It says Jehovah on there. That's what it's going to say. And it's going to be obvious who we belong to. It's going to be obvious what our identity is. I belong to the Lord. I serve the Lord. And just FYI, it's going to be awesome. 
It's going to be awesome. You know, growing up, I, I had heard that um, there was going to be every nation, tribe, and tongue gathered around the throne praising the Lord. So when I thought about what's eternity going to be like, I thought, oh, man, it's going to be like worshiping the Lord all the time. As you can tell, I was pretty sad about it. You know why? Because I wasn't pure in heart. I wanted anything other than God. So worshiping the Lord sounded really boring to me. But, you know what, saints, by the Lord's mercy, I've gotten to serve the Lord a little bit. And man, it is great. It is great. And I want to do it as long as the Lord would allow. And one day, by God's mercy, we're going to be right here. And there will be nothing between. His slave will serve him completely, absolutely, without hindrance. Okay, now here's our framework. I'm going to hit two points this week, and Paul is going to take up two points next week. We want to get from God's Word, what does serving the Lord mean? What do I do when I want to serve the Lord? What do I practically do? And I'll tell you, these two little words were a big help to me this week. I was looking at them and reading them, and I was like, oh, that's what I'm supposed to be doing with these guys on the campus. That sure is helpful. You know, you can be doing something for a long time and not really know that much about it. So this was a big help to me, okay? Let's read point number one. Ready, go. Okay, let's try again. Ready, go. Begetting. Okay, let's hit John 3, 3. Ready, go. Who here would like to see the Eiffel Tower at some point in your life? What do you have to do if you want to see the Eiffel Tower? Don't say Google. <laughs> what do you have to do if you want to see the Eiffel Tower? You better get on an airplane. Otherwise, it's going to be a long canoe trip. <laughs> if you want to see the Eiffel Tower, you best get an airplane ticket. Otherwise, you will not see it. If you want to see the kingdom of God, you must be born anew. You must be born again. So brothers and sisters, when um, I learned from um, one of the brothers, Tim was talking to us one time. He said, every time I meet somebody on an airplane, and he takes a lot of airplane trips, he says, my first thought is, is this person born again? His first thought for every person that he meets, is there some way that I can ascertain in our conversation whether this person is born again or not? Because that is our initial need. That's our need. You cannot see the kingdom of God unless you be born anew. When I meet people on the campus, one thing I'm never impressed by is what um, religious affiliation and all the experiences they had growing up. I'm never impressed by that. I'm, ne I'm never impressed by what church they went to, um, how, when they got, uh, when they did this, when they went to that conference, um, when they had this or that. I'm never impressed by that. I'm not impressed by what leadership they were associated with. I'm not impressed by um, all the times in prayer that they've spent. I'm not, I'm not impressed by what they've read and what they haven't read. You know why? Because that doesn't enable you to see the kingdom of God. It doesn't. 
You know, I was a pastor's kid or an elder's kid, whatever you want to say. My dad is an elder. I was a pastor's kid. Uh, went to church all the time. Went to a bunch of cool conferences. Um, I, I, I could do the, the Christian secret handshake. You know what I mean? If you have the right vocabulary, you can kind of let people know that you're on the end, you know? People approach you, oh, yeah, great, yeah, great, great, man, yeah, cool, cool. You know about uh, so-and-so? Yeah, you listen to so-and-so? Oh, yeah, me too, man, it's great, it's great, it's great. Yeah, what's your favorite verse? Oh, man, favorite verse, great. Let me think of a verse, let me think of a verse. You can kind of tell, you can let people know that you're on the inside. I can do all of that. I was a leader um, of my Christian group in high school, um, all kind of things. Only one big problem, I wasn't born again. You could go to church every day of your life and get baptized a thousand times, but you must be born anew if you want to see the kingdom of God. You need to receive another life. You need to be begotten through the gospel. Let's read 1 Corinthians 4.15. Ready? Go. In Christ Jesus, I what does the gospel do? It begets. You know, brothers and sisters, when we share the gospel, um, it's a little scary. And it's okay that it's scary. You know why? Because having a child is scary. It's a little scary. Giant, momentous, life-altering experiences are a little scary. So it's okay that preaching the gospel is a little scary. Because if everything goes well, we're going to have a baby on our hands. It's awesome and wonderful, and you lose sleep, and, but it's great and totally worth it. The gospel begets people. And I want to tell you, if you get a baby on your hands, it becomes very obvious. Babies cry. Babies demand food. It becomes very obvious if somebody has been begotten through the gospel. Eventually, at some point, it becomes very obvious. And it's a big experience, it's life-changing, and so glorious and worth it and great. So that's why we're still here on the campus every summer, because we love to see spiritual babies born and then mature beyond that. Okay, let's, let's read John 15, 16 together. Ready, go. Okay, so remember, brothers and sisters, we want to serve God according to God's concept. Sometimes, and I, and I had this thought, um, you know, I was an athlete for a long part of my life, and my thought was, because I'm a good athlete, I'm going to be as good of an athlete as I can, and that's my service to the Lord. I serve the Lord like that. The better I am, the better I am. The better I am, the more I serve God. That's my service. I'm going to be a great athlete, and that will be my serving the Lord. Okay, now think about this. Think about this. Let's just pretend. Whose is this? Can I use it? Yes. Okay. Let's just pretend this thing's a vine. What's a vine do? It bears fruit. It bears fruit. It, grapes. Grapes, preferably. Okay, grapes. So I'm a farmer, and I say, okay, vine, I chose you. Now make me some grapes. That's what I chose you for, and that's what I want you to do, okay? Make me some grapes. Then I come again next year, and he says, hey, uh, Farmer John, I won a championship for you. 
I'm like, cool. Well, uh, cool. That's good. I'm glad you did that. I, I want you to do that. I want you to succeed in everything that you do. But wh- where, where's the grapes? Where's the grapes? And I tell him again, make me some grapes. Make me some grapes. He's like, yeah, yeah, okay. And then next year, they come back. And I say, all right, Vine, um, show me the grapes. And he says, I made 4.0. I served you. Here, here's, my, here's my 4.0. And I'm like, well, cool. I, I, I want you to make a 4.0. That's awesome. Thank you for doing that. How about them grapes? <laughs> How about them grapes? You know, I, I chose you and set you to bear fruit. Fruit. <laughs> grapes. Grapes. We need to serve God according to God's concept. Serving God practically means serving people. Serving God practically means serving people because God wants children. He wants people to be begotten and he wants them to mature in life. So it's wonderful to do all kind of things. But what God wants our service to the Lord to be is to bear fruit, bear fruit. Okay, we'll finish here quickly. Here's the vine back. All right, let's read point two. Ready, go. Feeding. Feeding. You know what happens after you have a baby? Got to feed them. Got to feed them. Him or her. Got to feed them. I can always tell the mothers who love their children. Did you know that? I can tell. I learned. I learned how I'm so discerning. I've got the eye. Uh, You know, I've been about, let's see, five months into this thing. And I, I got the eye for it. I know what mothers love their children. You know how I know? They feed them. If mama feeds the baby, oh, so full of love. So full of love. It's proof. It's proof. Oh, you want more food? I'll feed you more. I'll feed you more. Let's read John 21, 15. Ready? Go. One thing that I love is that we say, um, I, I really like it that we say, Lord Jesus, I love you a lot. Have you noticed that? One time a brother told me that, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, some guy was like, oh, yeah, y'all are the Lord Jesus, I love you people. <laughs> I like it. I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah, that's right. We're the Lord Jesus, I love you people. It's great to love Jesus. It's great. Okay, now just imagine, now, now for sure the Lord's not always saying this, but just imagine that you're praying tomorrow morning and you're like, Lord Jesus, I love you like four times. And every time you say it, Jesus says back to you, all right, yes, amen, feed my lambs. Oh, yes. Oh, I love you too. Feed my sheep. Oh, yeah. That's what's happening to Peter here. That's what's happening to Peter. Jesus says, Pete, do you really love me? Do you really love me, bro? And Peter says, of course, I love you. And his response every time is, shepherd my sheep, feed my lambs, feed my sheep. Lord Jesus, I love you. Amen, I love you too, feed my sheep. Begetting, feeding. The love is in the feeding. Okay, we'll, we'll skip 1 Thessalonians 2.7 because we need to wrap up here. But notice we, circle the we. We were gentle in your midst as a nursing mother would cherish her own children. Mamas feed their babies. 
And then uh, the last thing, three practical, very practical entrances, brothers and sisters, into serving the Lord. For these four points, begetting, feeding, the next ones are going to be perfecting and building up. I want to give you a very practical entrance. It's going to be easy for you to remember. Write this down. Remember it forever. Pray, give, go. Everybody say that. Pray, give, go. Pray, give, go. God wants people to be begotten through the gospel. So how can we respond to that? Number one, we can pray. We can say, Lord, save that guy who keeps making those awful jokes in my study group. Save him. (laughs) Save him. Lord, beget him. He needs the gospel. Lord, you save me. You can save him. Save him, Lord. And then we need to give. This one's a little touchy, but this one involves our money. Did you know you can use your money to serve the Lord? It's awesome. You might say to old dude, hey, um, really, I mean, kind of enjoyed our study time here. How about you and I, let's go grab a coffee. I'll buy. Let's go grab a coffee. I want to buy you a coffee. And man, I want to tell you how I met Jesus. Is that okay? That's give. Pray, give, and then go. That means you actually take your feet and you go. That involves your time. We can serve the Lord with our prayers, with our money and our time. Pray, give, go. And the same with feeding. Lord, you got to help so-and-so grow. you got to help him grow. He needs you. He needs to eat. And then give. Maybe you can say, hey, I'm so pumped that you receive the Lord. I, got, I bought you a Bible. I bought it for you. I used my money to buy it for you. And I want to give it to you. Yeah, you can get it online for free, but sometimes it's going to involve your wallet. And you can serve the Lord by giving that way. And then eventually, go. It involves your time. That means you go and feed that person. You know, babies, they can't feed themselves. I don't know if you know that. My, my daughter, she gets hungry. She can't feed herself yet. So, hello, that means the parents got to respond. They have to go and feed that person until they can feed themselves. That's a, that's a different stage. Okay, so right now I'll pray, and then what we'll do is we'll get in groups and we'll fellowship, fellowship about the points. Um, see if you can put begetting and feeding in your pocket. See if you can take a verse or two from each point and really get it and hone in on it, be able to speak it back, etc. And then after we have a time of fellowship, we'll overflow. Okay? Okay, Lord, thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to serve you. Jesus, you're so deserving. You're so worth it. Lord, capture us. Be so um, amazing in our eyes. Lord, we like to properly and appropriately serve you. Lord, just as you're worthy of. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.